2: Welcome back, everyone, to Ready, Set, Go, Real Estate Investing Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Brandon Elliott. I'm excited today. We have a special guest in the house that is coming from the East Coast, New York area, actually, which, which is fun. We were just there a couple of weeks ago and had a blast, Jennifer and I, but I'm from the East Coast. I'm from New Jersey originally. So we got our backyard brother that is in the mortgage space, right, is a mortgage broker, Can really help anybody nationwide lending purposes. And the last few years, obviously, with the crazy market that we had going up, 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 it was definitely a uh, lending frenzy, right? Like anybody in the lending space was doing very, very well and focusing on a lot of residential new home buyers and so forth, which is amazing. That's great. With the market switching right now, we have a lot of people just sitting on the sidelines, the interest rates going up, jacked up twice higher than they have in the last 20 plus years. And in a short time frame, with the recession, with all the crazy stuff on the news, potential war and everything else going on in the world, a lot of people are in fear mode and they're sitting on the sidelines. However, there are real estate investors like us and, and so many others that are still taking territory, still taking action, and they need Kevin in their lives. So Kevin is going to be able to dive into really show his opinion on the market, the interest rates, whether you should be buying right now or you should be sitting on the sidelines for some better opportunities coming up. But Kev, for anybody out there that doesn't know who you are, where you're from, what you're up to, do you mind just giving that 10,000 foot view of of what you're up to these days in the world of real estate and lending?
0: Yeah, of course. First of all, Brendan, thanks for having me. My name is Kevin Ng. I'm a mortgage broker. I'm not a bank. So I work with at any point in time probably 12 different banks right yep. depending on what kind of products my uh, clients are looking for i can do both residential and commercial but my business is mostly residential like what you were saying earlier 2020 21 even the first half of the year people are just buying everything right because interest rate was still low especially in new york there's a lot of money coming in both domestically and internationally buying right in new york so there's always competitive and for people who used to live in the city, because of the pandemic, they wanted to expand out. So in the basically all the nearby suburban area, including New Jersey, where you used to live, people were buying properties left and right for entry-level homes. However, started, I would say, around March, April this year, when interest rate really started to go up, like I would say almost like a percent a month, you know, people started taking a step back. And also for all the entry-level buyers who just have enough income to mm-hmm. qualify for an entry-level home. I would say in both New York and New Jersey area, you need to spend at least half a million to 600K to buy a turnkey entry-level home. Those people, once interest rate goes up a couple percent, they don't qualify anymore. They don't Correct. have enough income anymore, so they're out. So I see a big drop of those are buyers. However, look at the flip side because these people cannot buy anymore. Do they still live somewhere? They cannot sleep yeah. on the street, so they have to rent.
1: Yes. Therefore,
0: on the investment side, I see landlords buying, especially multifamily all the time. These people don't stop. Like, I have a repeat client. He has probably bought like four or five different properties with me already, but he invests in the upstate New York near Poughkeepsie area. And these properties cash flow very well. And also, because the market has shifted, now the banks, they need to make money, right? So they are all coming out with this, uh, what we call debt service product, debt service loans. Mm-hmm. Basically, they don't care about your income. They care about the income of the property, right? As long as it cash flows, the house can pay for itself and you have decent credit. You can give them a decent down payment as little as 20%, which is lower than even conventional investment, underwriting, If you're buying multi-family. Because yeah. most of the time they ask for 25% on the conventional side, the full doc side, right? So yeah, the, the landlords are still buying. And the rates actually not that bad. So earlier this week, I locked somebody in for a 30-year conventional primary purchase. 7.375 is mm-hmm. what we're looking at, right? So it's in the low sevens. These debt service loans, 7.75. So it's about you know close to maybe half a percent higher, paying two points. But back in the days pre pandemic, the difference was like a full percent. Like, basically, you know what I'm saying? Like, for 30 years, you could be paying 6% and you jump over to the debt service side, no income check, at least 7%. Yeah. Right. So the delta has become much smaller. If you're a seasoned investor, if you've been paying attention to the market, now is actually a good time to jump in, given that, you know, you, you can get solid rent, good tenants, and a good mortgage broker.
2: Yeah. Kev, so you mentioned a couple of great things that I want to kind of dive deeper into. So for anybody out there that doesn't know or understand the concept of like the the debt service ratio and so forth, can you just dive into that a little bit better so that people can understand that? That I utilized that on a triplex that I purchased. It was my second. Property, and I didn't understand it at first. But once the lender explained uh-huh. it, it made sense to me, and I was like, "Oh yeah, it's because my property cash flow is very well. You know, it's a less risk for them, and it makes sense." So, do you mind just diving into that? Sure, a little bit sure.
0: There? So, so let's take a step back, right? So, let me try to explain why you should even consider this. So, because of my background, I'm a real estate investor myself. I've been investing since 2016. I kind of understand the math behind the scene. So, for instance, you have a self-employed person who doesn't report enough taxes or doesn't report whatever, right? You know, we, we always always have ways to minimize the amount of tax that we pay, right?
2: Yeah, it's hard to have like your cake and eat it right. too, guys. Exactly, so, yes. you cannot
0: report no taxes and try to go get a conventional loan for a million dollars. It doesn't work that way.
2: Right? I, I used to try doing that in the beginning <laughs> and then I realized, oh crap, I need to really, right. you know, I can't write off anything this year. Yeah. <laughs>
0: exactly, you have to give yourself a minimum paycheck yes. for you to qualify, right? Yep. So let's say you're you in that boat, you go get a debt service loan, Let's say you want to buy something decent. Let's say 300k, right? That's of loan. You want to buy something for 300k. Let's say 300k is a loan amount, just for easy math, right? So two points is what six thousand dollars, right? And then the rate is half a percent higher, which you know you can do the math yourself, like based on the loan amount, right? Now we're talking about six thousand dollars per property and a, a half a percentage point high interest rate. I don't need to look at your tax returns. I don't care about your pay stubs. As long as in, in an area with good rents and you have a decent credit score, 680 and above, you get along, yep. right? Now on the flip side, because people ask me this question all the time, hey, I think the rate is high. I don't want to pay points. How much do I need to report on my tax return in you know, order for me to qualify for the same property, right? Under so conventional. Go, right. Under, under conventional. Yes. Now you go over the conventional side, you open up a whole different kind of worms, right? Because
2: now they yeah. want to see the docs. They want to see everything. the books. They want to see right. everything and they're going to be sticklers on it. And so right. that's the I, difference here. It's right. low your docs business. versus full docs.
0: Exactly. So on, just on the document side, given that you have everything, right? I need to see your personal tax return. I need to see your business tax return. If I'm in the business for less than five years, I need to see two years, right? Mm-hmm. I, to see your, I need to run your credit. I need to look at all your other debt including mm-hmm. your car payment, your credit card, your other mortgages. So when all is said and done, I would say at a minimum, because everyone has some form of debt, right? Every, everybody yeah. has a car, everybody has yeah. credit card, right? I would say at a minimum, you need to report at least 100K a year to qualify for all these things, right? And, and, and it comes
2: down to understanding your debt to income ratio at the end of the day. Right. So there's there certain stipulations. There's certain lenders. If you're going to be in like traditional, and maybe a couple years ago, you could get up to 50 or some crazy lenders would go up to like 55 percent. But realistically, right. you want to be at 40 percent or below on the kind of higher end, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, in terms of BTI, you want to be below 45, right? So, yeah. that, I think that's that's the number, that's a safe number. Like, certain lenders allows you to push the envelope, it may, depending on the program, and go up to like 52, 53. Sure, like, but you want to stay away yeah, from those numbers but, but, but those, for yourself. Right, and, those
2: you know, for those the are more the
0: outliers. List. Those are more the outliers, right? Because yes. people would come to me because I'm a broker. So, by default, I need to have creative solutions. Yes. So, people would come to me and say, hey, do you have like no docs loan that can land at like Eighty percent for primary at like no three percent interest rate, and I'll be like, <laughs> well, I may be able to have, to find things out there, but you know those are more the exceptions, right? it's yeah,
2: like a needle force. in a haystack. Yeah.
0: Exactly. <laughs> I don't want to say that doesn't exist, but you are looking for the unicorn. Yeah. Right. It, it, you, you cannot do business relying on unicorn. It's yeah. going to collapse. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So when you report that much taxes, the 100K, I would say at a minute, I mean, if you report that much income, like 100K, I would say at a minimum, you're paying what, 20 grand, 25 grand, 30 grand a year in taxes.
1: Mm.
0: Right. When you have that much income, yep. right, depending on how, how good your CPA is. Yeah. So if you're a seasoned landlord or investors, you kind of know why a debt service program is very advantageous. Number one, psychologically, it, d- it doesn't drive you crazy.
2: Yeah, (laughs) right. it's very minimum documents that you need to turn in. So they're judging more of the property itself and the location and that asset class versus everything that the conventional is looking at. So many docs. uh,
0: Absolutely. And and also these debt service programs. So usually debt service programs are for proper bona fide commercial investment, like you're buying a warehouse on an office or building, stuff like that. Right. Correct. So, however, for single family rental, they also have debt service programs available. And the ratio they're looking for is 1.1, yep. 110% or above, which is very low. Because yeah. uh, for like a proper commercial investment, let's say you want to go buy 10 unit or 18 unit building somewhere, right? They want at least 1.25, if not 1.3 minimum. So 1.1 is very low. So meaning that, let's say you want your PD payment is a thousand dollars as long as you can collect 1100, you get the loan.
2: Isn't that which crazy? Is, it's, which is I very mean,
0: easy to qualify. It, you know? it, it's
2: freebies, you know? It, it's, it's very exactly. easy to get into those programs in most. If you do not qualify for those programs, that is not an investment property. You're betting on exactly. appreciation only. Right. And yeah, and that's not the way to so, go. So,
0: so I was joking with some of my investor friends that, look, the bank won't let you fail. <laughs> yeah yeah right exactly. the they won't let you fail like they yeah. have to do the math for you yeah even if you don't have a lease in place they'll do the market rent yeah you'll you, do an appraisal look at the market rent so yeah it's actually pretty safe and on a high level if i want to like put out an ad i would say get along with no income
1: mm. <laughs> yeah
0: well that means i don't need your income i need the income of the property but yeah it's true i don't have to check uh tax returns and pay stops and stuff like that
2: Yeah, that's so good talk to me when it comes down to overall the fed increasing the rates right now what are, what are your thoughts on that
0: <laughs> <laughs> i used to work in the investment bank yeah so i was in it for 25 years but uh-huh. for most of those years i was in a bank so I, I pay attention to you know cnbc listen to bloomberg radio and i read the washington Journal on a daily basis right just about i would say two months ago a lot of the major banks, I don't want to name names, but a lot of the major investment banks on Wall Street were saying that, oh, don't worry about it. We'll have a soft landing. The market's going to be fine. The Fed will do the right thing. Now, about two weeks ago, all of a sudden, everyone is saying that a hard landing is coming. It's going to be the longest recession ever. The Fed is losing control of the market. Basically, every, everything is going down the drain. Mm-hmm. So my conclusion is nobody knows for sure. Yeah. However, if what they're saying is true given that all the pundits what they're saying is that we'll have a major major recession there's no way interest rate can sustain at seven eight nine percent no way correct yeah you'll definitely go back down i know at least that much right yeah so for the first time home buyers or for people who are just getting into the market who just experienced 2020 21 they're like oh my god interest rate is more than double i'm gonna rent for the rest of my life it's game over for home yeah. ownership right yeah uh,
2: have a little that. hope have a little spirit <laughs> in you because it could be coming back down in your near future
0: <laughs> exactly exactly yes. so for people who have been in a business for like 10 15 20 25 years they're like 70% is nothing. It's actually low interest rate.
2: Yeah. Yeah. See, I got frustrated at, at a lot of people when the interest rates start going up and they start freaking out. It's like, all right, guys, when it went to 5%, everybody's, you know, pulling out their hair like, oh, right. no. you know, and I'm just cracking up because we've had the lowest interest rates in history for the last, you know, 10, 15 years at this point. And it's just it's crazy. But I do understand the flip side to that, right? Just like Mm -hmm. you mentioned earlier, the people that were just qualifying, that were just making it, now they're getting kicked out of the game. They're out of the game, really. They can't purchase anything, so they're forced to rent. However, there's still a lot of opportunity out there. Yes, as it goes up, it's a little frustrating because every point, especially out in California or Mm -hmm. certain other areas, we're locking in rates today on a remodel It was going to be a flip because of the market. We're turning it into a short-term rental. rental. A short-term rental. Uh Yep. And because of that, it's just one of those things that you know we're going to pay a premium because it's all a million dollars plus out here. So every million dollars, it's an interest rate point. That's an extra thousand plus. So it does add up per month. But if you can still make it work, understand that in the near future, I think they're predicting sometime in the beginning of this year and into the spring, it's going to start dropping significantly again, right?
0: Yeah, because um, I I have a lot of different clients in different fields. A lot sure. of them are um, you know business owners, yep. and I, I have people in the restaurant business, in the in the retail business. They see these things much sooner than a lot of people because they yes. are basically on the street, right? They they feel the pulse of the market. Yep. I got this guy. He's in the food industry. He said that basically between early September to now, business dropped ten to fifteen percent. He can see that coming, for sure. sure. Yeah. yeah. People are feeling the pain in their pocketbook.
2: Yeah. Are you keeping a pulse on the bonds and obviously how that fluctuates the overall interest rates on a daily basis?
0: So I try not to go crazy over the 10 year yield and, you know, mortgage backed securities and stuff like that, right? Because, yeah, they're somewhat related, but not exactly attached.
1: Mm. Like, especially
0: the 10 year yield. A lot of people are like, oh, the 10 years over four, what's going on right now? Or it it dropped back below four, what's going on? On my end, the rate could be exactly the same. There's somewhat. Related, but they're not exactly tied to each other 100%. Okay.
1: Mortgage-back
0: secu- mortgage-backed securities, yes. MBS, if you look at that number, it's completely tied to the rate, very closely related, but uh, not the 10-year yield. Uh, yeah. And sometimes, these banks, they're smart. They preemptively increase the rate. So oh, let's sure. say the, the, the Fed is going to increase the rate by 0.75 in, let's say, November, right? The rate's already higher on yeah. my end, like on, the, on the bank side. you know, They have to preemptively add it in. So by the time the Fed actually increased the rate, my rate actually may be lower or the same. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's interesting. Yeah, It depends on what the banks are doing. What I see right now, some of the banks, especially retail banks, they're lending on portfolio loans, meaning they're not using Fannie and Freddie money. They're lending their own money. Mm. And, and uh, yeah, the, the rates are attractive. They're usually arms, but uh, yeah. those are limited because they only have so much cash that they can lend. Sure. So we will see how long those programs will last.
2: What what are your thoughts on uh, on arms versus you know, adjustable rates versus fixed in rates?
0: I would say it depends on your risk tolerance and how closely you you follow the the market, right? Like if you have if you know the market pretty well and they've been in the market for some time and you're actively buying, I would say yeah, go for arm product. Go Mm -hmm. for seven seven one arm, ten one arm and you have a very high chance of refining yourself out in a year or two.
2: Yeah. Now, what I used to be very fixed on, I needed a fixed 30 year or, you know, uh-huh. I needed to fix something because I don't like the idea right. of being on the other end of that if time runs up and then, and then I'm forced to, you know, do a cash out refi or whatever it is or readjust mm-hmm. the rates because what if it's up or, you know, whatever it may be. However, what I've realized is the odds of somebody actually keeping their loan that long, you know, unless it's like their primary residence. But even with that being said, most people are taking advantage of the capital that is the equity or overall selling it, refinance, you know, getting a lower rate, just like you were mentioning. And, and what we are in agreement on is like in the near future, in the next two to five you know seven years right? Like right, most right adjustable arms yep the rates will drop down so then if that's the case right. then you would want to do another refi to be able to get lock in a better rate right save yourself some money yep absolutely i would say that's a pretty good strategy yeah so it yeah. really depends on you it depends on the investor it depends on the individual right. getting these rates however yep. like really think to yourself that most likely there's a huge chance that you're going to want to do something with this mortgage again in the near future?
0: Yeah. So because I switched from a corporate W-2 job to being yeah. self-employed in 2019. Sure. So I have, I have this perspective, right? It also depends on what will happen to you income-wise Correct. in the near future, right? So yep. let's say right now you have a super good W-2 job and you think that you're going to become an entrepreneur yeah. and start your own business, right? Then I would just go and get a 30-year fix. Yep because <laughs> you don't yeah. know what the trajectory looks like for yeah. sure in the next few years, right? Yeah. So Yeah, that's depend. good. Yeah,
2: yeah, it depends on so many factors. So really right. know yourself, know your role, exactly. your job, all these other things that has a big part to play. But right. also identify that there could be the longer you wait, the more appreciation you're going to get. I don't care what market, like even if it dips right. down, if you hang on to it, it will go back up.
0: Yeah. Like I Doubt that, especially in New York, I seriously doubt that there will be even a dip. It might go sideways for a little bit. Sure. There's no inventory. There's there's zero inventory. And people tell me, yeah.
2: Yeah, that's that's the thing. I wanted to kind of transition into that. The low inventory, the supply and demand, that's what it really comes down to. A lot of people that want to get into real estate, they don't have the opportunity anymore because of the rates and the inflation and job loss, whatever it may be. So they're getting kicked out. However, there's still a huge shortage in the supply that we have. Although inventory is starting to stack up a little bit because nobody's buying right now except investors. So what are mm-hmm. your take and what are your thoughts on that?
0: So it all depends on the, the area, right? But like yeah. right now, I'm in Long Island, New York. So we yeah. have pockets of area where the houses are super popular because of the school, because of access to you know train, highway, whatever it is, right? Yeah. We still have bidding wars going on right now at this moment. Mm. We still have bidding wars going on. There, there's still people want to buy, right? People with a lot of savings, they they may not need to borrow as much. Yeah. I'm not talking about talk about people who can only put down 5% down payment. These are people yeah, yeah. like 30 30, 40, 50% down payment. Sure. if They're not cash buyers.
2: Yeah, right? they can they can pay cash. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of cash out there, guys. Right. Yeah.
0: They can they can they can put down a Gigantic down payment, right? Therefore, the high interest rate actually doesn't really impact them that much, no. right? It, it, we're not talking about you know all of a sudden paying additional thousand dollars a month, even with the higher rate. And yeah, because I also have friends who are builders; they're afraid to build at the moment, right? Because you don't know what what the market is going to look like. So mm. we really don't have a lot of uh, inventory, especially in a town that's that's really popular. People have been living here for some time. The schools are good. You know, the infrastructure is good. And I tell my clients, "Look, it's not like buying a car. If you're buying for like a, if you're looking to buy a specific vehicle, right? You can wait a year, come back next year, they'll still make it yeah. unless they discontinue the model, right? But for a house, once you buy the land, that plot of land is yours. No one yes. else can take it. Yeah, right. It's like it's like playing monopoly. Once you buy yeah. the train station, no one else can buy the train station. And that's it. With the lands on that train station stop, they have to pay you,
2: yeah, that's good. What kind of learning curves have you seen over the years being in the industry for just people either wanting to get started or not taking advantage of certain rates, lock-ins, whatever it may be?
0: I would say buy whatever you can afford, right? Like Mm -hmm. don't overstretch yourself, obviously, right? Mm -hmm. If you can afford it, if it's within your range, go get a piece of property. Because if I can go back 20 years and tell my younger self like one thing to do, always be buying as long as you can afford it.
2: Oh, yeah. You mentioned something before we actually got started, a nice little quote that I wrote down, sell what's on the shelves, right?
0: Correct, correct, sell what's on the shelf. Yeah, because these products, they change. So back in 2021, we're just selling 30 year fix. Mm -hmm. People come to me for 15 year fix. I was like, why bother? I mean, the rate is not that much better. And you don't know how things are going to turn out for you. You know, you could lose a job, you know, business may not be doing well, then all of a sudden you're in the jam, right? Like you can always pay faster, if you want, but you cannot pay slower, right? So if a thirty-year, you can compress it, make it pay it off in fifteen years. Who cares? But if a fifteen-year, now you're locked in. You cannot yeah. stretch it out to thirty years.
2: Yeah, I remember when I got started in real estate. I was working for an investment company here locally in San Diego, and they like cherry picked me because I was doing door-to-door sales for nice. Kirby vacuum cleaners, and mm-hmm. I became good at it. But I got cherry picked from them. They were like, "Hey, we need you," because it was 2011. It was a time where there was a lot of NODs, notice of defaults, a lot of pre-foreclosures going on, and a lot of people believing that they were going to be totally fine by just setting themselves up with modifications on their mortgages. And some people Mm -hmm. were. Some people were. Other people were totally uneducated on the whole process of the modifications and how to structure it properly, how to save themselves, and how to not make the same mistake that they did previously by getting in default. Before it turned into a foreclosure, right? So I'm curious, any thoughts on the market pre foreclosures? We see foreclosures starting to increase. I think a lot of people during COVID or whatever it may be the last couple of years, job loss and so forth, uh, they thought that they would get bailed out with a lot of things, and right, right, and who knows what it looks like? I don't have the crystal ball, but I can see the numbers starting to increase
0: it's funny you said that right before we started this interview a realtor just texted me she said she's looking for an attorney that she can reach out to to, to talk about being the go-to realtor foreclosures and this yeah. type of properties right again it depends on the area because uh, i would say that our lending standard has improved so much sure. since the last cycle a lot of people have pretty good income and a lot of equity in their houses right yep. yeah obviously the people who bought just recently with a five percent down payment and they're really stretching it for like three, four borrowers on the same file. Yeah, those could be on the verge, right? If one of them loses their income or loses their job, then you know, God knows what's gonna happen, right? Exactly what you're gonna do, right? But I would say for the most part, people have a lot of equity in their homes, especially those who bought pre-pandemic. I mean, real estate value probably went up, I didn't really look at the numbers, probably I would say easily 20%, right? 20% between 2019 to now, it went up so much. everything went up so much and also because of inflation yeah i doubt a lot of people would choose that route that's the way i see it
2: so even if it did just from ignorance you know it did go to foreclosure Mm -hmm. if there's enough equity i've heard in certain states that these guys it goes to foreclosure but then after the bank gets their money back, plus whatever else, all these other fees, right. there's still extra money left over. Like <laughs> these owners are getting cash; they're getting a check later <laughs> on. And it's like, are
0: wow. you kidding me? You know that is that is crazy. Yeah, most of the time, even in a very hot market like where yeah. I am, some retail buyer is gonna buy it. But yeah. Basically, someone someone's gonna jump in and and step it up.
2: Oh yeah yeah yeah. 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 Most yeah, of yeah, my yeah. friends will. Yeah.
0: Somebody's going to tell me. you know? Exactly. Same here. Same here. Yeah. 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 That's good. So yeah, probably won't get to that point.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. Is there a step-by-step or something that you have for somebody that wants to go the traditional route? I know we talked about the creative route of the debt cover service on, right, right. on certain investments, but mm-hmm. if they want to get their ducks in a row and really start searching around for a property, what should they do on the lending side to be prepared for this?
0: I see. So let's say you are a first-time home buyer who wants yeah. to qualify for a conventional loan, right? I always Wait, tell quick people question. That, I, I don't yeah, want to sure. cut you off
2: here, but but I just thought of this when you said first-time homebuyer. Is uh, there any products out there that are like giving extra benefits for the first time home buyer? I know that used to be a big thing back in the day, but I I keep hearing people ask about it. And I'm like, so, I, I don't think that's available anymore.
0: Right. So a lot of people use that for marketing purposes. Yes, right? yes, thank you. Know you know what I'm saying? So, so yeah, yeah, so I get, I get calls all the time. I know that certain state or certain city, they might have special programs from the sure. government. Yeah. right. Those are more like the unicorn. The they're unicorn, the, yeah. They're more the outliers, right? And no. also it takes quite a bit, it's the government. You're not gonna get that funding in 30 days. It's gonna no. take a little bit, yeah. right? So in a hard market, in a seller's market, Forget that. No seller is going to wait sixty or ninety days.
2: Please forget that, everyone. Please forget right. that because I keep hearing this, like from right. and it's just the the lack of knowledge behind it. It's something that they heard yes. five, ten years ago, and then they're still holding on to it, or they're getting hit with the marketing, I guess.
0: Yes, exactly. Because everybody uses that as, as as like a like a um, soundbite, right? It's yes. like. Hey, we have first time home buyers program, blah, 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 right? It's a clickbait. It,
1: yeah. It, it, stay it away does, from it. Like it's
0: a clickbait. It doesn't make a difference. No. Right. Like most of the time for these banks, they don't care. Yes. What they care, what they care are three things. Number one, you got to have good income. Okay. Right. So depending on how much you want to buy, obviously you need more income to sustain it. If you have a W-2 job, meaning that you work for somebody, you work for a corporation, and you make good income, awesome. You're super easy to qualify. Yes. If you make overtime income or bonuses, make sure you at least stick to that job for a couple of years because it it might be questionable when the time comes to use the bonus amount to qualify as your income, right? Let's say you never received bonus before, all of a sudden you start a new job and 50% of the income is coming from the bonus. Very questionable. You know, you may not be able to qualify you, right? So number one, income. If you're self-employed, like what we touched on earlier, make sure you report enough income, yeah, so that's one of the th- one of the things that I tell my friends who are self-employed is like, hey, look, you know it's year twenty twenty two right now we're in October, looking at your tax returns, you don't qualify, but hey, next year is only a few months away, so do what you need to do,
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah, do what you need to do Write write the right amount, you know, don't, don't yeah, write yeah. off everything. you might need to pay extra in taxes. However, right. it's going to allow you to be able to qualify for these loans that you're trying to get and scale for your goal. So, exactly. And you got to, if you
0: have any question, reach out to me, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, income is number one. Number two, you got to good credit. Yeah. Right. So, do not trust what you see from your bank app or from um, Credit, credit Karma. Or, yeah, right. <laughs> your so Vantage Score.
2: Stay away right, from your that.
0: Score. That's yeah. a different algorithm. Yes. Right obviously if your score is super high there it's highly unlikely your mortgage score is super low but there are different algorithms a lot you of times like yeah right you, you never know a lot of times my client will come come to me and say look on my phone it says i have 820 credit score yeah run their credit seven why am i at
2: 700 you know right
0: exactly i was like i cannot tell you i didn't write the algorithm but yeah. you know when i use my you know the the, the- <laughs> The, it's uh, the, legit the credit report right it's, yeah. legit. <laughs> it's legit i forgot the exact name for it they have like different names for different algorithms i forgot exact name uh-huh. all i can say is they're different yeah so make sure you get your credit run or pull by a mortgage professional yep. right they, they're all different like i, I think that the, the credit report for car leases they're different for credit card is different so make sure yeah, you-
2: There's different FICO scoring models, like seven, eight, nine. Correct, correct. Yeah, different numbers.
0: Yeah, exactly. Right. So credit score, that's important. I would say in the mortgage world, most of the time, 760 is the perfect score. Some banks are are looking for 780. Yep. Once you have those numbers, you're golden. You're good to go. I was right? going to
2: say, I tell this to everybody because we're in the credit space as well of like educating oh, right, people, you know, right. how to fix credit quickly, but how to really be able to leverage, how to get as much credit from these banks and then leverage mm-hmm. it property to purchase properties and all these other aspects. Right. But if you have for any real estate investors or anybody just trying to get the best of the best rates, you want to be within that 760 to 780 range for your FICO, like your true FICO guys, your true FICO yep. score, not your Vantage score, to be able to see, to be able to get the best rates and to get those instant approvals.
0: Yep. So number three is your reserves, meaning how much cash you have, right? Mm. So you got to make sure that you have solid down payment. I would say if you can put down 20%, that's great. Then you're not paying mortgage insurance, now, here's the myth. A lot of people think that if they are very little down payment, they have to go FHA. You don't. Like for conventional mortgage, you can put down as little as 5% yeah. down payment, right? If you take the FHA route, you can go a little bit lower, but FHA has upfront mortgage insurance and monthly mortgage insurance, both, mm-hmm. and they don't fall off until you refi.
2: Yeah. I think you can get it re-looked at once you go over the 20... Like Once you have 20% equity, you can get it recalculated. But in many cases, it can be a pain. Right. So it's so, best just to do the refi.
0: <laughs> so for, con- for conventional, you can go up to 20%, you order your appraisal, and you can yeah. get it taken off, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, those are three things. Basically, income, credit score, and reserves.
2: I love that. Now, when it comes down to reserves, how long do you typically need? I know you're a broker, you've seen it all over nationwide. Is Mm -hmm. it normally just the six months or is it 12 months of all of your expenses? Plus the new mortgage that you're going to have those for about six months long.
0: So it depends on the product, right? So I would say most of the time they're looking for three to six months.
2: 3 to 6. Uh, okay.
0: 3 to 6 uh, depending on the bank, right? Yep. I'll say 6 is a pretty good number to use. Yes. And 6 months of reserves of all your mortgages. Yes. So if you've so been if doing this if, for some yeah. If you're
2: right. a real estate investor like me and you got a ton of properties and you just got to do the math on every single one of like the yep. the total mortgage interest, taxes, and they want to see six months for every single asset that you have, plus your expenses. You know? So all of these things are going to be calculated to see what your total nut is going to be, basically. And, and that needs to be covered.
0: Right, right. Absolutely. So yeah, so those are things to pay
2: attention to. Is there any lenders that you've seen that request like 12 months for reserves? Not on
0: the conventional
2: side. On the debt service side, Yes. especially cash out, I have yes. seen
0: 18 or even higher.
2: Wow. 18 months? 18. Yeah. Wow. When I first got started back in 2015, like I said, I, I had a triplex. I still do, but it was underneath a debt coverage service. So a flowed grade, it, it was perfect, but I needed reserves of 12 months. And I looked at that and I was like, wow, that's a good amount that I just need to be showing and sitting in the bank. And I don't... Right, at right. the time, especially, I didn't I'm still very similar, but right now I need to have reserve. So I got comfortable with it. But at the time I was like, I don't like ever seeing money sitting in my bank. I want to put it to work.
0: So to be fully transparent, it's yep. not just cash. Your 401k account also counts. Your sure. retirement funds is also probably reserved. Even your stocks yep. and bonds, but they don't count 100% depending on what it is. Yes. Most of the time, I think they only count 75% or even yep. 50%. Depending on what it is. Because and it can fluctuate. Client, yeah. Exactly. I had a client once came to me. He was like, I got a hundred grand in uh, in Bitcoin. The second was like, no, sorry. They don't yeah. count that yet. Because that can go down like 80% in a day. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. If you wanted to count, by all means, liquidate it right now. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs>
0: yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, we don't count start counting Bitcoin just yet.
2: Yeah. And rightfully so, because it dropped down pretty seriously. So
0: Yeah, the <laughs> fluctuates too much. It's just too, you know, too unpredictable at the yeah. moment.
2: Yeah, in the future, by all means. Yeah. Cool, man. So income, credit. So focus on your income, whether it's W-2 or self-employed. Just if it's self-employed, really make sure that you have all your ducks in a row because when it comes down to it, and I really highly encourage people to get organized in the beginning. They're going to want to see at least two to three months of pay statements, pay stubs. They're going to want to see uh, your bank account statements. They want to see the reserves. They want to make sure that your your credit score is on point and nothing derogatory in the last year or so. All these things are very, very crucial to be able to set yourself up for success. And there's nothing worse, in my opinion, than to constantly getting like dealing with a loan originator or or somebody that they don't have the expertise yet. So then they're just sending things to underwriting and then underwriting constantly comes back like every other day with a dozen things that you just got to keep shooting over. So it's best to have everything prepared and prepped prior so that you can... Send it over and have minimum things coming back from the underwriting.
0: I want to add one more thing to what I just said that a lot of yeah. people uh, don't pay attention to, right? Sure a lot of the time, especially these days, because like what you said, properties are a lot more expensive, and rate is high, so you need to bring in a co- borrower or sometimes even the future mother-in-law so you have yeah. like you know <laughs> you know you have your girlfriend plus your future mother-in-law, your three people, right Oh jeez the, the bank will look at wherever Score is the lowest, yes, and use that FICO score for the file. Yep. so make sure that everybody has good credit. Yes, Every, that, that, that's, that's one thing that you need to pay attention to. Yeah, sometimes you don't know. Like you could have like eight hundred perfect score on your end, and then you know your 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 better half, you know, spend all the money shopping whatever, and you yeah,
2: know, yeah, yeah. six eighty,
0: then it, it's gonna ruin your file.
2: Yeah, or vice versa. So it's like, I see it all the time, and they don't know. They're like, well, I have 800, and then, you know, we're going to be great. And then you have your co borrower on there, and you didn't even, you know, think to ask these tough questions.
0: Right, right.
2: Yeah. So that's yeah, good. It, it happens a lot, actually. <laughs> oh, it does. It does. I believe yeah, it. I've heard of Yeah. yeah I've yeah. heard a lot of people. and And what is frustrating being in the credit space and education overall, I've noticed a lot of people not. Preparing for this aspect of it with the credit, like one of these main pillars that you're talking about here, until it's too late. Mm -hmm. Like they're in the middle of underwriting or they're in the middle, you know, and they're in a 500 FICO score and they're about to get their credit pulled. And they're like, how can anybody work with that? You you need to prepare yourself like properly first so that you can have all your ducks in a row. So focus on your credit, focus on your income and how you're going to justify you know, getting this product and getting the, these loans and figure out which product you're going to have to go with, the arsenal of different options that you have because of how you position yourself, really.
0: Yeah, because the psychology of buying a house, usually when people go buy a house, naturally, they think of the realtor first, right? Yeah. And so they will always go to a realtor. They are not going to go to a credit repair person or go to a mortgage person. Yeah, But in reality, they should have done that first, if anything. They should have prepared yes. themselves financially.
2: Yes, and you should get pre-approved first. And you should yes. like don't yes. go to one of those lenders. I hope my father-in-law doesn't see this. He'll, he'll get upset. But <laughs> but the other day he's been wanting to get a property. We've been encouraging him the last couple of years and then, you know, now he's got the fire under his butt. He wants to do it now. And we told him, you got to go get pre-approved first. And right. so he went to some, I think he went to like Bank of America or, or some damn uh, lender and just did like a, a little basic BS one that, oh yeah, right. you need a pre-approval letter, here you go. And you, and that's not you, legit.
0: It's not... You can go to a website and get
2: one, yes, basically. You can. <laughs> you can. And, that's, and that's frustrating because now you're submitting offers, you're going to have right. the documentation needed to submit the offer. However you really don't know what you qualify for. You really don't know what your safe point is, what your threshold is, and you're getting a little bit more risky out there. Plus, you're not prepared first. What if you get that offer accepted? Now you got to start running around like your head cut off, trying to get all your documents together because the lender is going to be putting the pressure on you.
0: Yeah. You got to protect your deposit. You can lose a deposit.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So you want to be smart about that stuff. Be intentional. Get your stuff prepared first then get your pre-approval, get like a legit pre-approval that they see all your right. documents and then talk to your realtor to start getting out there and finding your deals.
0: Absolutely. I would say if you're buying a house, let's say six months from now, you should start the process now. Get yeah. proof, get proof, get an idea, you know, what yep. What kind of numbers you're going to be dealing with. Your monthly payment, it's not about the rate, it's about how much you can afford on a monthly basis.
2: Yes. And the monthly, okay, so the, the rate too, not to go on a, a rant, but like there's another thing that drives me crazy is like the rate, fluctuates each and every day. like, And there's nothing yes. you can do about that, right? Like depends Correct. on when yep. you jump in and lock it in. That's, right. It is what it is, right? So Correct. you can keep a pulse on it, keep an eye on the bonds and and how things are going to see where and when you want to lock in your rates. But I always encourage the origination fee. The origination mm-hmm. fee is what changes between all these different banks. So that's something that you're going to want to pay attention to because... Closing costs. Yeah, the closing costs behind the closing it. Closing
0: costs yeah. in general. Yeah, closing yep. costs. Yep.
2: Yes. Yeah, so but,
0: uh, that, people would come to me and say, oh, I got this bang. They are like so cheap. They're still giving me 5%. I was like, let me see the fee sheet. <laughs> let yeah. me let me see the loan estimate. I, yep. I wonder if they're charging you like two points behind the scene. You know, a lot of the times they, they hide it. They try to bury it. You don't really yeah. see it.
2: Oh, yeah. So Bank of America, for example, they used to claim and say, we guarantee we'll beat any rate out there. And I was very impressed by that. And then I saw that their origination fee was ridiculous. I was like, oh, my God, You'll charge five times the amount of any other you know normal origination fee, so these closing costs add up like crazy, yeah, it's unfortunate because I guess when one bank started doing it, all the banks started doing
0: it yep so you can go to let's say since we're naming names now, you can yep. go to the chase website yep. when you look at when you look at their quote when you look at the very small fine print on the bottom that's fund size two, it tells you you are getting that rate with, I think, a point and a half or something like that. Yes, that always points attached to the rate yeah. they're giving you.
2: Yeah, it's crazy. Weird times we're living in, but it's exciting <laughs> to see there's so much opportunity in front. So, yes. uh, you know, final thoughts, Kevin, when it comes down to somebody that is ready, they have all their documents together, they are prepared. But because of the fear, because of what they're watching on television, they're kind of sitting back on the sidelines. They want to get started into real estate investing. They want some cash flow. They see some good properties, but they're just not pulling the trigger. What's your advice for them? Go in or stay on the sidelines for getting deeper into this recession? What do you think?
0: So I'm going to give out a few points, and I'll let these people make their own decision. Right? I like that. So right now the con is the rate is high. Yes. Right. So that's the con. Yep. Okay. So let's let's put that on on the side. Yep. Now, what are the pros? You can negotiate with the seller. Yep. You can potentially take your time with the yep. whole process. The seller is not going to dictate all the terms. Yep. Right.
2: You can get creative and again. Yep.
0: Right. Right. You know, like just to give you an example, up until I would say two, three months ago, a lot of sellers, because they wanted to capture the equity increase, they're in a hurry to sell. Yep. But they had nowhere to go. Yeah. So then we're asking to stay in the house. For an extra one week, two weeks, three weeks, and I would tell my clients, especially if they're buying it as a primary, look, all of a sudden you are a landlord. You're not. Yeah. You're you're not living in that house anymore. Yeah. I'm not an attorney, but if something happens, they can sue you. We are responsible. Also, your insurance is different. Yeah. You know, if there are all these consequences that people don't think of, right? You yeah. don't have to worry about that anymore. Like I doubt that sellers are asking for that right now, at least not that often, right? Well, they're not and gonna also, have that,
2: that power anymore because- The leverage. It, yeah, yep. the leverage, yeah. It's There's exactly. not 20 offers on the table anymore.
0: Exactly, like most of the time you have maybe two or three offers, unless for some exception, most of the time, you know, your offers are getting looked at like pretty seriously because there's sure. not too many out there, right? Yep. And also rent. It's going up and up. Rent is going up so quickly. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Um. So you have to do your do calculation. If you're still cash flowing, you're bringing good cash flow. So what? Like if the rate is high, marry the house and taste the rate.
2: Mm, I like that.
0: That's the saying that they have in the market right now. Yeah. Because the rate is not be permanent. Even though it says 30-year fix, most people only stay in their houses for less than seven years.
2: That's good. Yeah, that's good. I love it, Kev. Well, I appreciate you so much for jumping on today and and giving all your feedback. It was great knowledge. I know a lot of people took a bunch of notes just like I did. How can people get a hold of you to connect?
0: Well, you can reach out to me via Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. There are a lot of Kevin Ings out there. Is Uh, there? Yeah, that's a funny thing. A client of mine trying to give me a five-star review on Google. She gave it to a different Kevin Ings who works at TD Bank. Ah. Who also does mortgage in (laughs) Long Island.
2: (laughs) That's hilarious.
0: So I I am a Kevin Ng who works for Evolution Mortgage and I'm in New York. And uh, you can also email me at Kevin at evomtg.com. Kevin at mortgage.com, basically evomtg.com.
2: Perfect. I love it. I appreciate you jumping on today. It was great knowledge. And it's exciting to see the times that we're in to really see that there's still hope. There's still opportunities out there. And I know you're still- Always. 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 That's right. It's calculated risk. So so guys, reach out to Kevin if you have any mortgage lending type of inquiries or comments, concerns, anything. If you just want to connect more, I highly encourage. Otherwise, if you want to get a hold of me, you can always do so on Instagram. It's Brandon Elliott Investments. Otherwise, facebook.com forward slash Brandon Elliott Investor. If you are looking to get really, truly educated on everything that we got going on in our mastermind for credit council elite, Check out creditcouncilelite.com. That's www.creditcouncilelite.com. We have a a live webinar on there that you can watch. It's about an hour long. It will really show you all of the possibilities of credit and how to be able to flip the script on the banks, how to fix credit very quickly, but treat this credit space and and understanding behind it just like it's real life Monopoly, right? And how to be able to become the bank sooner than later, fixing credit quickly. How to be able to get massive lines of credit, several six figures, even seven figures in funding, and then be able to leverage it into real estate or anything that you're passionate about that. If money was ever the issue, let's eliminate that by getting 0% interest credit. We teach travel hacking as well, so all that fun stuff in between. But we will catch you on the very next episode next week. Make sure you hit that subscribe button so you got the newest notification every single Monday when the new episode drops and then leave that five-star review if you found value in this. Love you guys all so much. We will catch you on the next one. Till next time, God bless. Kevin, appreciate you as always. Talk soon. Thank you, Brandon.
0: This has been another episode of Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast brought to you by Brandon Elliott. For more information, please visit brandonellietinvestments.com. Also, please don't forget to like, share, and leave a comment below. Thanks again for joining